Every team, every topic, everywhere. This is Believe. Hey, it's your boy, TBC, Tully Banta Kane, on episode two of the Jokes and Jocks podcast <laughs> with, my, with my co-host, G. Hey Wiley, your favorite blazing, yo, yo. And the hilarious, the gut-busting, the notorious, the man <laughs> of the hour, Duran <laughs> Howard. How we doing, brother? Yo, you know, I just got to say this. Even your intro had me cracking up. The two of you together is perfect. It can't get any better than this, especially since I've had a chance to hang and party with the both of you, so I know how it goes down. That's all I'm saying. <laughs> I appreciate that, brother. I appreciate it. You know, it all starts with the start, right? Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah, and thank you all. Let me say this. Thank you all for, you know, having me on your podcast. I matter of fact, I love the title of it, just, uh, you know, Jocks and Jokes which is kind of ironic because I was getting ready to start my podcast, which was Jokes and Jocks. But since you guys are doing yours, I'm going to just let y'all have it. I'm going to let y'all just <laughs> let it. <laughs> y'all can just go much ahead appre- with it, you know. Much appreciated. Much appreciated. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Um, well, uh, Darian, we were just wondering, like, because you obviously on Jokes and Jocks podcast, we do uh, have uh, – a lot of comics and all that good stuff. Wondering what your, uh, where can people see you? Where can people hear you? Where can people just bust a gut and, uh, and, and hear your, your act? Well, well, right now, generally, generally before the pandemic, like pre-pandemic, I did, I, I, I just started doing like a, a lot of cruise ships. And so if you go on my site, DuranHoward.com, you can kind of, it's, we're relaunching it like I think next month. But right now, like all the cruise dates are up right now. Uh, before the pandemic, I did military bases as well, but that really hasn't come back yet. So when that starts to come back, I will be doing that. Uh, I have some specific like clubs that I do, but right now work has been so crazy skewed toward the cruise line industry that that's like the majority of the stuff I'm doing right now. However, we have a couple of projects that will be coming up that uh, I've, I, we're going to talk about a little bit more about the uh, television project we have coming up that we're working extensively to hopefully get that done. It's called Comedy Camp. I've told Tully a little bit about that. So be looking at, if you ever see Comedy Camp somewhere, that's Duran, that's my team. It will be a fantastic show. And, and matter of fact, you guys were brought up when we bring me back on uh, Jocks and Jokes because this show is right up the alley. Love it. Love it, man. So, yeah. um, so you got any shows coming up in the near future, like just on, on stand-up? Um you know, in in California, or I know you you go to uh, Tennessee a lot. Yeah, yeah. A matter of fact, I'm I'm in I'm in I'm in just left. D- well, I'm in DC now. I'm getting ready to leave here and uh, head to Memphis, and I'll be in Memphis for like a few days, just uh, working. That's kind of where I go when I'm not in like Manhattan Beach, where we are working out stuff at like Ponchos. Tennessee is kind of where I like work out my shows to to kind of get it ready for you know the other you know the big stuff. Nice. Any comedy yeah. clubs you that you can name for for anybody that's out there in Memphis? Well, in Memphis, in Memphis, the big comedy club is Chuckles. That's the club where if you go to Chuckles in Memphis, you'll get a chance to see that everywhere. But there's a lot of other little, like, spots. You know, for us, a lot of times, the clubs is where we go where we're already done working it out. But there's so many little spots that, you know, we just want to go and just work out everything to get it right and get it tight. That's part of the process because a lot of times when most people see us, they see us when the process is pretty much baked. Well, this is the baking of the cake. It's like a lot of the spots. And actually, that's the most fun. That's when you really have a lot of fun because you can really kind of go nuts because you never know what's going to happen. Mm. Okay. 
Well, I, you know, speaking on comedy, you know, is there any, um, you know, specific times? Like, obviously, there's highs and lows of comedy, but is there any comedy club or moment in comedy where you got heckled or you had a, a crowd that just wasn't, you know, wasn't up to stuff? <laughs> you know, they, they gave you a tough, okay. you know, okay. Okay, let me do some this. tomatoes let me, at you. Uh, yeah, let me do this. The reason I'm laughing is because, first of all, let me say this. If any comedian tells you that they've not been heckled, don't listen to anything else that they're saying right now. Because it happens to everybody. I've seen the I've seen just about everybody I can think of get 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 uh, heckled or booed or whatever. It just happens. Mm -hmm. Matter of fact, I embrace it though. I truly embrace it because our whole goal is to bring people into our world. That's the whole goal. And nine and a half out of ten times it happens. But there are those times where it just doesn't happen. It just you just there's nothing you can do. Now it happened more for me earlier on in my career. I'll give you an example. I, I started this probably is the worst heckle I've ever had happen to me. It wasn't so much as a heckle, but it's the worst kind of experience on stage. So I'm gonna set the stage. When I started comedy, uh, although I'm from Tennessee and I was I was in grad school in North Carolina, but I started comedy in Chicago. So I moved to Chicago where I started comedy. And the first person that ever put me on stage was Bernie Mac. Bernie Mac, God rest his soul, was the first person. Bernie Mac, legend. Yeah. No, first person I was going to say. Well, anyway, so Bernie, uh, Bernie used to run this club in Chicago called the Cotton Club. It was a cotton club. And let me just say this, this was the ghettoest club. That, as a matter of fact, this, he did a show on Monday nights. The show didn't start till midnight. So you know they ain't got no job in the morning, the people who are in the club. Because right. it's starting at midnight. And it is so rowdy and so like, oh, my God. It was just whatever. So anyway, Bernie put me on stage at another club, like away from – it wasn't Cotton Club. It was another club. But I had heard about the Cotton Club, and I heard that he hosted the Cotton Club. And Bernie would go up and do like 40 minutes up front, just like slaying them in this club, and they are going nuts. And then he would decide to bring people up. Now, I'm completely green at this point. Most of the clubs I worked at that time, were generally mainstream clubs. They were generally mainstream clubs. And I had this nice little, you know, mainstream act or whatever you want to call it, whatever. But I kept begging them because I thought, you know, you didn't know in your head, like, how you weren't ready for certain stuff. And I would ask, come on, man, let me go, let me go. Oh, no, it's home dream reference club. You ain't ready for this club. I said, come on, man, let me go. No, no, home dream reference club. You ain't ready for this club. And so I guess he figured he was teaching me a lesson. So he said, all right, come on down, come on down. And I'm hyped, I'm excited. So I come down to the club. It's Monday night. It's like, you know, 12, 15 before the show gets started. And this particular night, this is how crazy it was. They, every, they have some of the cotton club they call Miss Cotton Club. And apparently this was the night where Miss Cotton Club was uh, crowned the new Miss Cotton Club. So, so now this, this, the show is going until 1 o'clock with Miss Cotton Club being crowned, okay? So after that, then Bernie goes up and does like 35 minutes or whatever, just doing his thing, doing his thing crushing them but it's 215 now crazy enough it's still relatively packed in this club at 215 on tuesday morning for comedy so he finally brings me up so i go up and i'm doing my stuff i'm doing my stuff not only is nothing working not only is nothing working not that but here's the crazy part about they ain't booing me they not booing they are completely silent oh, that's man. worse than getting booed when they are looking at you like what the hell are you doing right so what happens is the, Miss, the newly crowned Miss Cotton Club comes, walks on the stage while I'm performing, takes the mic out of my hand, and just says, you know what? We can't take no more of this. Oh, <laughs> oh man. That's messed up. 
Not the Sandman <laughs> treatment from Apollo. They, they oh, no, no, although it gets even worse. Cause so, so then Bernie, after that happens, now I'm already burned. Bernie comes up on the stage with Lysol and like <laughs> he, he didn't disinfect the stage from you, did he? He disinfected the stage. He disinfected the stage. Okay, but here's the crazy part about it, though. Here's the crazy part about if if you know Bernie. Here's the thing about Bernie. He doesn't really, he didn't ever really do stuff without a reason for doing it. So now I'm going to tell you right now, now I can laugh crazy now, but at the time, I, you trust me, I was crushed. My whole idea of a career was crushed. I didn't know what to do with myself. And then so what he, what he did was he came back to the back table where I was. And what he did was he, he didn't really look at me, but he just made sure I heard him say, man, it's a damn shame that a person can't make their own people laugh. And that even crushed me even more, right? But what it did for me, was then I was like, oh, no, hell no, this ain't going to stand. I'm going to, so for a year, I'm telling you, I worked every, like, trashy ghetto spot, every hood spot, as well as the other clubs, because I'm like, oh, you ain't going to tell me what I can't do. Because you know, that's what, that's what it, it did for me. Oh, you ain't going to tell me. I'm going to do my thing. So for a year, and, like, the, after about, like, seven or eight months, I literally, like, Bernie, I really want to come back and do this, man. I'm ready. Oh, no, you can't do that. You saw what happened. I mean, he would do this. For like three or four months, I am begging him to let me go back on the stage. So, so he, he's, he, he watches me someplace else, and he said, all right, man, I'm, I'm going to let you come back down and do the show. I'm going to let you go back down and do the show. So I go, and I wish this was like just, all right, I'm just telling the story. Literally, the day I went down there was the day they were crowning the new Miss Cotton Club. So the old one was giving up their crown on the exact same day. So in my mind, I'm thinking, oh, shit, because <laughs> this ain't necessarily my night. But I go up on this, when I, Bernie does his thing, they do the crown. I go up on the stage, and I tell you right now, at I, I, 15 minutes, I just, I, I crushed. And then on top of that, then I spent 10 minutes on the chick who told me that she couldn't take it no more. And I was telling her why we was glad she was leaving. So I spent 15 minutes on her. So I, I crushed the whole thing. So then this is what happens. So when I get done, I go back into the back, and Bernie's back there. And, and this is exactly what he said. He said, you know what? You know what I did it to you? It's because I wanted to see if you were going to stick with this or quit. That's why I did that. Wow. wow. That, that's, Life that is crazy. Life Isn't that crazy? Oh, oh, but I mean, you, st you obviously you stuck with it. And like, look, where you, look where you at now. You know what I mean? No, what, what, what he, it's, it's kind of like he was on, he was very big on that. Look, if this ain't for you, get the hell out. If this ain't for you, get the hell out. And, you know, right. that's kind of what that room would do for you. It would just make you decide whether I'm going to stay or whether I'm going to go. But I, the reason I always remember that is because you're going to have, just like any job, you're going to have a bad day at the office. Even in this, you get a bad day at the office. The goal is to make those, you know, very few, but you're still going to have them. You know, I have a show, like, I've had shows where the whole key for me is you have to bring people into your world. It, it's when you first start in comedy, you just want to prove you're funny. You just want to prove you can do it. You just want to get a laugh. You want to make the crowd laugh or whatever. And as you grow into the business, the real deal is once you have your own identity, you know who you are. Then for me and for so many others, the key is now I've got to bring you into who I am and what I'm about. And you got to enjoy the ride of what my story is, what my life is. And then it doesn't become a matter of will it be funny or not because you know you're funny. Now it's just a matter of can I connect with the crowd? That's right. more what it is. Right. And that's the lesson I would tell any young comedian is, is 
you know, it, this takes time. It's, it's not something you're going to be able to do overnight because you have to learn yourself. Because a lot of times when you're in this business, you're still learning yourself. You're still learning who you are as a person. And that changes over time. Like, I'm not a, I'm not a, uh, a really raunchy comedian anyway. I, I do those clubs and I can go there if I need to. But for the most part, that's not me. So you have to know your identity. But there are certain, and I will tell you this, there are certain comedians who uh, I love watching. Like, don't get me wrong, I think nasty. But it just don't sound right coming from me. Yeah. You know, it just don't, yeah. Oh, I well, think all Especially coming after Bernie on a 40 minute set. I don't care who the comedian is. If you got to come right up after Bernie and, and try to keep the crowd going, I mean, that's, that's a tall order for anybody. No, it, especially right. somebody that's green in the game. You know what, but but he always, one of the things that he always taught us, and in Chicago, it was just like that. Because it was not only was him, it was a George Wilborn and 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 uh, Damon Williams was around, like around. now he's big guy, Dion Cole from Blackish. I mean, you got to follow uh, D-Ray. You got to follow all of these people constantly, wherever you were. It was like heavy hitters throughout the whole time. And yeah. you just had to do it. It wasn't either you sank or swim. You had to, we would have certain clubs where, Literally, it was like that. Like it would be boom, 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 and then you would go up. And they didn't care what order they put you. You just had to do what you had to do. But I learned from that that hey, okay, I got to do what I got to do. It doesn't matter. Will it always work? No. But but most of the time, it's gonna work. Yeah. So I got uh, D. I got a really cool question. So I, the last show, like real, real show. Like I'm not talking about like a club or whatever. Like actually going to a real show. Obviously, it was pre-COVID. Um, it was Jerry Seinfeld. Oh, yeah. It was hilarious. It was really, really funny. Clean comedy, mm -hmm. really funny. He never changes his set. I'm talking, it could be years until you hear a different set from Jerry Seinfeld. Um, and I know that a lot of hot, higher end guys do that. And I get it because they're going from town to town to town, city to city to city. And I get why they don't change their set. Uh, my question to you is how often do you change your set? Do you do this like monthly? Do you do it weekly? Or is it be like, is it also due to where you go? Like where you are set up? Okay, well, to let you know this, not just the higher-end comedians. There are so many comedians who work clubs who for 20 years have done the same 45 minutes to an hour for 20 years. And they can make a decent living doing that same 45 minutes to an hour for 20 years. I've seen it. I've seen people over like the 10, 15 years. I'm watching my, I'll see them in a club. And it's the same set. It's the same exact set. The reason why is because they don't have to. If I can get away with traveling the country every year, doing the same clubs once a year, whatever, and I have to change my set, that's less work for them to do and make the money. Now, I choose not to do that because, number one, it's got to be entertaining to me, too. You know, so, and something I did 15 years ago isn't entertaining to me anymore. Like, I have stuff that I haven't, I couldn't even remember. Like, I have some guys come up and say, hey, do you remember this joke you used to build with them? And I don't even remember the joke because I'm like, really? I used to do that? So for me, like, well, I will tell you this, because of what cruises, cruise lines do require, you have to do much more material. Like, uh, give an example. I work, primarily I work celebrity and uh, princess and Holland America and Norwegian. Those are the four that I work the most. A little bit of carnival as well. Well, they require at least, I have, well, they, they want one 45-minute clean set and one 45-minute adult set. So that's an hour and a half right there. But what I've done is I have two 45-minute clean sets that I can do because most of those require the clean sets. On Carnival, they require to hire you 
three different 30-minute sets. Two have to be like the adult sets, which is the, you know, whatever, and one clean set. That's what they require. But that's a lie because you have to do five sets, which means that you really need three adult sets and two clean sets. So you're talking about two and a half hours of material. And the reason that they require that on a ship is because when you're on a ship, just think about it. These hey there, this is the guy editing this podcast for you. I hope you're enjoying it. The audio drops out here for about 15 seconds. I think there was a problem with the internet, but you don't miss much about 15 seconds. And I'm going to drop you right back in right now. Speaking of jokes, you got any jokes for us? <laughs> you know what? You know, I'm not that funny. Um, <laughs> I'm trying to think of like something that you can, um, I do like my dad jokes though. I'm not going to front. <laughs> um, do you ever watch, there's a guy on, um, what's it called? There's a guy on Instagram and he is hilarious. I'm going to actually look up one of his jokes because I do not have any jokes, um, while we actually look up. Yeah, I got a, I got a couple, you know, I, I, get yeah, I was going to say, go, go ahead, go ahead. Well, you know, there was a, there was a, uh, this guy, right. And he met this prostitute and he took her out to dinner. Right. And, um, he gave her his peas and she gave him her peas. <laughs> okay. Wait, I don't get it. Say, say, say that again. I don't get that. Oh man, okay. A guy takes a prostitute to a, to a restaurant, and 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 he sits down, and they bet they they eating their food, and he says, and he gives her his peas, and she gives her she gives him her peas. Oh, that's disgusting! <laughs> hey guys, so can you hear me? Hey, he's back. He's back. I'm back. <laughs> <laughs> I love I love how that. That's the intro of when D comes back into the conversation. Oh, we did, we did a real comic back in the booth. I just told one of my, my B-grade jokes, but it took, <laughs> it, it, took uh, it took G a little bit to get that one. You know, it's I a, did. It's a little play on words. I but, could uh, not get that one, man. That was so gross. My bad, my bad. I'm going to some difficulties over here, but I think we're good now. You good? Yeah, <laughs> no, we're good now. Okay, so going back, so going back, so that's a lot of time, by the way. That you have yeah. to spend on a not only like coming up with those sets, b that uh, the actual lot amount of time that they want you to be on the. You know what I mean? Like that's that's a lot of time. It is, and here here's the thing: like uh, when when the the perception of cruise comedy early, especially like in I guess the eighties and the nineties, was that there's where comedians or or entertainers go to end their career or fade off into the sunset and die, and uh, and Early into the 2000s, a lot of the cruise lines started going. It actually started on Carnival with George Lopez. They paid George Lopez money to do the comedy for, for Carnival and to have like a, to set up a comedy club and the whole nine. And they paid him quite a bit of money to get it started. And he started bringing in a lot of people who could change like the, 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 the attitude of, of the com comedy on those ships. And since then, a lot of uh, cruise lines kind of follow suit they all did it in, in different ways but they all kind of follow suit and because that's one of the things it took me a long time to do it because of that connotation i was like nah, i don't know if i want to do that plus i'm claustrophobic and i thought that that wouldn't really work out for me hmm. but when i got on there it was harder than than a lot of the clubs i do number one because i think about this if i'm doing a show in la you know yes there's some tourists there but you get a lot of la people and you kind of know the flavor of la you know what to do 
If I'm doing it in Chicago, most of them are from Chicago. And you go to small towns, most of them are from there. So you can you know how to tailor your show around whatever it is. Now, I do a lot of military bases. They're from different places, but they're all military. So you can tailor your show around that. When you do the cruise ship business, they are from everywhere all the time, and they're all kind of mixed on together. So you got to figure out how do I connect with these people from different walks of life, from different backgrounds, and from different countries. And that's when I started doing it was the biggest challenge for me. It's like, okay, I want to do this because I want to see if I can do this and connect with them. That's why I wanted to do it. Huh. Well, in fact, you, 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 you keep getting booked. You must be doing pretty good, you know, because it's hard to stick in that, in, that, in that realm of comedy because there is a lot of interchanging people. And I'm sure that the, uh, the cruise lines, they do they due diligence because I've been on a lot of cruise ships. And every time I go, it's always a different comedian. Um, and, you know, I go to the comedy show and you get one, you know, if you go to the same one, you get the same material twice, pretty much. But, you know, still, these guys are getting booked. That's because, you know, the, the, the cruise line trusts that you're going to keep the, the crowd entertained. Well, well, yeah, and that's the whole thing. It's like I said, when, when you go on a ship, and that's one of the reasons, especially if it's Carnival. Like, Carnival's the only one that has a actual comedy club now norwegian just started doing it a little bit where they kind of have a club and even holland america which is holland america specializes in like really oh there's a really old older clientele they're like 65 the average age is 65 so you know what i mean like they're like oh like i was on holland america and i swear i cannot tell you how many times i wish somebody a happy 90th birthday i mean it's just that's just how it goes over there i mean that's i mean seriously it's like <laughs> it's like you know it's like the last thing on their bucket list before they that's how it is to the point where I cannot tell you this, I kid you, I wish I was kidding, but the last four Holland America cruises I've been on, somebody has died. Somebody has actually kicked the bucket. It's, it's for Man. real. It's oh, for that's real. messed up. I, I mean, I guess, I guess at least they literally just got their bucket list. <laughs> well, I mean, that's how I want to go out. I, I guess. I mean, go out swinging. You you go do your do your thing. The last thing that you want to do on your before you die. That's all. Oh, that is so sad. Though. That is no, I'm sad. Because you know, first of all, what they do, the, the way it works, though, is kind of like how they they make an announcement. Not that they die, but they make an announcement like, "Hey, uh, we're gonna we have to like uh, go someplace, and medical's gonna come, or helicopter's gonna come. You know, so please just be patient. Don't look outside. They don't want you, you know, because people out there taking pictures. You know. <laughs> oh man. Well, wow. hey, at least it's not like yo. It's not from your comedy. Like when you say, "Hey, man, you, I killed him last night. I killed him at the club." You know, See, it's, that's it's, it's not America. It might actually happen, though. You know, you gotta be like, "Oh, I mean, literally, it might actually happen." That's 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 the. But you know what? Here's the only thing I will say that um, uh, well, well, one thing about like the older clientele is that they have okay. It's set up for them and everything is plush though. You know, I guess it has to be at that point because you know what I mean? Like you can tell everybody on there is paid, you know, everybody's got money, everybody, you know, it's 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 so you already have a different kind of attitude of humor anyway, like what they like. Like give an example. On on cruises like that, you're gonna hear a lot of like uh classical music and you know, a lot of the you know, the you know, all of that which I I I've gained an appreciation for it now. But the first time I was here, I was like, man, why we why we gotta why you gotta listen to this? But it's across the board because that's the clientele you have. Generally people with money tend to like the opera. They tend to like the stuff that, you know, I'm like, yeah, it's okay, it's cool. You know what I mean? So so it, it's a it's it's different. It's a different I know I'm going off on a tangent, but it's like a different 
each each one has like their own different kind. Like carnival's a party ship. That's where you go. You know, and you can party, you kick it. If you are a guest, you can have a good time, especially if you're young. You know, that's kind of like the you know that's kind of like the spring break of cruises, I guess. Right, mm-hmm. right, right. Not many married couples. Maybe maybe right. engaged couples or just groups of people wanting to go have a good time, and it's not as a you know a, a romantic type of cruise ship. Right, right. It's like the party cruise, and even the older people are still kind of partying. Them the ones who I guess they've been. Yeah, I, I cannot tell you how many times I've met people who've been divorced like two or three times, and they go on carnival. I guess because they figure they can find the next one, the next. Uh, it's, it's like a singles cruise kind of thing. Yeah, they're looking for the next ex-wife or the next ex-husband. <laughs> That's kind and, of and, and, she, and she's looking too. <laughs> <laughs> the rebound ship. <laughs> Wait, so that's so just so just to let um all the single girls out there know and the listeners know that's carnival. And for all y'all ladies that want to go to the single cruise ship. That's right. Go to Carnival. <laughs> now, can I tell you something? If you dip in though, if you try to dip out on somebody, whatever, and you young like this, go on Holland America. I'm gonna tell you why. Because that's the one cruise ain't nobody going to expect you to be there. Nobody going to expect you to be there. If you like young and just chilling, go on. And you just with your side piece or something, go on Holland America. You want to go on. Because ain't nobody you know going to be on there. Trust me. Now, they granddaddy might be on there, but it ain't going to be nobody. <laughs> that's all I'm saying. That's the oh, one. Oh, I never even heard of that. Where, where they, where they... I was just going to say, like, what? I've never okay. heard of that cruise. Like... Let me tell you this. First of all, believe it or not, it's owned by Carnival. Carnival owns Holland. They own Princess. They own Carnival, the corporation. They own like nine or ten different cruise lines. Oh, okay. Wow. Okay, so that's Holland. That's Holland. Look at G's over there taking notes. I am. My side side piece has got to get some too. I'm not trying to tell somebody how to dip out or not dip out or what they should or should not do. All I know is when I got on that ship and I started thinking, damn, if I was going to sneak, this is the place to be because don't nobody you know going to be on here. You ain't got to worry about it because nobody want to come on there. It's going to be you. And the amenities are plush, so you can have a great time. I'll give you an example. I was there for Christmas in the New Year's cruise. I, I got on on the 23rd and got off on the 2nd. On Christmas, the Christmas dinner on the buffet was filet mignon and lobster. On the buffet, not in the restaurant, the buffet had filet mignon and lobster. That's how insane that is. Okay, so I was joking before, but now I really am uh, going to be put a Check. I'm gonna go ahead and look up the uh, they reserve. Let me get on their reservations page. Right? Yeah, let, let, we got we got to look it up oh, after oh, after we record that after we're done uh, with, with this show with this podcast. Um, how how is it right now? Because earlier you brought up pre pandemic, um, post pandemic protocol, all that stuff. How is a post How is the post pandemic protocol? Um, you know, helping you, not helping you, helping you book gigs, not helping you book gigs. Here, here's the thing that's disappointing. Well, I, I, it's just a disappointment is that I really love doing the military bases. I love them. They're, they're some of the best crowds. They're so happy that you come overseas to, to work with them and see them. And I do miss that. I really miss it because, first of all, they deserve it. They deserve us doing that for all that they do. And, I, and because I have military pe- people in my family it's not just that, but I've, I've had a chance to meet so many people and, and they tell the stories of why they're there. And it's not always, you know, it's a lot of people from like inner city who this was an option for them to get out. But I've seen, you know, very wealthy people who just wanted to serve their country. And so that whole mix and they're all there for a common goal. I just really dig that. And I, I, I miss them incredibly 
good friends. I'll give you an example. One of, the, one of the most special times I've ever had on a base was I went to Korea, and uh, we were Yay. doing. This oh, oh, that's right. That's right. That's right. Oh, yeah, because yeah. I'm Korean. Yeah. Right. All right. So I was in, and I, I went to Korea. I used to go to literally. I used to go to Japan and Korea every year for ten years in a row. I would do the whole tour of Japan and Korea. Sometimes we'd even do Hong Kong or whatever. Well. What they would do is we were in Seoul. The base right outside of Seoul was Yongsong. That's the, you know, so you know what I'm talking about. Oh, I used, we used to stay in the Dragon. So you probably know what I'm talking about, the Dragon on base. Oh, I, I passed it, yeah. Okay, so anyway, so there was, a, there was this colonel. He was black. And what we found out, he was supposed to crazy. We found out that uh, most of the entertainers, when they would come on, one, some colonel would give them a party or whatever, whatever. And we just found out, like, man, we wasn't getting a party. And this colonel... Uh, he was like upset. He was like, man, why are these comics on here and they not getting a party? So he threw a party. And I was with Dion Cole. It was me and Dion. I was with him and we were on the, so we were on the base and he was upset that we didn't get our party. So he's like, hell, y'all coming to my house. So we, he has a party just for us at his house. And from that, we, we got, we started a really, really crazy friendship. And so like three years later, he just calls me by the blue and he says, hey man, um, I'm getting ready to get promoted as a general in D.C. And he said, man, it would, it would mean a lot to me if you would come. And I, I literally flew from L.A. to D.C. just to be at the ceremony where he became a general. And it was nothing like it. I mean, just the whole, you know, the pageantry and just the whole, because he actually did it on September 11th. He did it for that reason, like in, in celebration of the moment. And he became a general, you know, just to watch this black man become a general and to know what he was able to do and how he treated us. It just meant the world to me. And that's why I, I miss not being able to have those kind of stories and meet those kind of people. So I miss being able to do that. Um, as far as the clubs, my problem with the clubs right now is that, yeah, I know they don't, they don't care about no damn CDC recommendations. They're trying to get that paper. So I don't know how it's going to be. I don't know what, you know what I mean? You just don't know, right. you don't know what it's going to be like. So it makes me a little nervous other than the couple of places that I know the people. Now, as far as the ships, it has become really different because beforehand, we didn't have to stay on the ships very long. What we would do is most cruises, most contracts were like seven days, but the way you worked it was, it was called a back and front, which means you did the, the end of one cruise and the beginning of the next cruise. So we, they would fly us into like an island, like I'd fly into like, um, I'd fly into like St. Kitts. And I get on the ship in St. Kitts the next morning, and then we we stop in Fort Lauderdale. The people get off, and then the next crews will go out, and they get out, and then I'd get off in Puerto Rico. You know what I'm saying? So that's kind of high work. But since the since the post pandemic, because they don't want as much travel back and forth, we've had to stay on the ships for far longer than we normally do. Before the pandemic, the longest I was ever on a ship was two weeks. And it was one time in the whole time. The most, you generally I'm on a ship for a week, you know, at the most. That's the very most. But this was two weeks. Since the, since the pandemic, I've had to do like three weeks, I know, three times. And, and it's just, it's just, it's, that's the kind of the tough part because, you know, I'll give you an example. Like the last cruise I just got off, of, I was on it for 21 days. And we could not get off, as entertainers and crew, we could not get off the ship the entire time. We could not. And it, I did a ten-day cruise and an eleven-day cruise, and we could not get off at all. So now I'm going to all of these islands. You can sit out there and look at how beautiful it is over there, but you couldn't go. So it was kind of like a, it was kind of like a a high-end prisoner. Yeah, like I, was, I felt I was in the Fed. You know, I was just like, yeah. man, this, this is all you can do is just look at it. And so I, trust me, I was so happy to get off this ship. I was just like, I, <laughs> that's how it was. 
Uh, it's, it was that crazy. Huh. Yeah, that's they, the big they, they was trying to give away um, uh, cruises right after the pandemic, I remember, because, you know, just because of everything, the lockdowns, and you never know if you're going to be on that ship that don't you don't get to get off for whatever reason. So, yeah, man, that's, you know, that's 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 tough. But oh, I, no, I'll say one thing. I mean, one good thing about them cruise ships that I, I remember to this day is them toilets. <laughs> oh, my goodness. Good luck. You cannot clog a toilet on a cruise ship. I don't care what you put in there. You, you, you it don't matter. Them things are jet powered. Well, they will, they, they will flush you if you mess up. You might end up down that chute. I'm telling you, man. That, them things. Good lord. This is the second podcast, by the way. This is only our second episode, D, and this is the second episode in a row that y'all are bringing up feces. I'm just saying. I didn't I'm say the saying. word feces. I didn't say the word. I just said. I'm just saying, y'all like y'all bring up dirty, dirty toilets, shit, man. man. Like, they got some strong toilets on them, them cruise ships. Dan Duran know what I'm talking about. Oh, I know exactly what you're talking about. That's oh, it's crazy. First time you know you get on, you're like, man, what's going on here? I thought I was gonna lose my whole self. <laughs> yeah, you. I was like, you can have the feces, right? <laughs> feces. That's why I was trying to throw it in there. Uh, well, I'm, I'm glad that- gonna be next week. Yeah, we won't do that. Yeah, we ain't gonna go for three weeks in a row. Never, never know, ladies and gentlemen. So, hey, you, you know, we go can ahead. make it a trend. We, we can make it a joke of the week. You know what I mean? That's okay. So, no, well, hold on. Now, I thought we were gonna do like some. I know we've been getting into this. And this is great. But I did, I know that, you know, you guys, you're doing the jocks thing. There's a lot of things about sports. I am a huge sports fan. And, and I do, I'm, I'm kind of interested in where you guys want to go with that because uh, I have some, um, you know, I have some ideas. I have some thoughts. I All do. right. I mean, we can, we can switch, we can switch it up a little bit and just go, and go into the sports. I was really enjoying the comic conversation because we hadn't really gotten massively into it um, in the first episode, but let's, let's get into our sports. Um, there is a quarterback conundrum, D, right now, um, where a lot of quarterbacks are going to end up, a lot of other players that are, um, you know, they're in their free agency contracts and they're only like one-year deals and stuff like that. Like, where are they going to end up? Or they're at the end of their uh, contracts. Uh, specifically, Russell Wilson, he's obviously, he's been on the up and down um, battle on that one. Where do you think, um, do you, where do you think that Russell Wilson will end up? Will he stay in Seattle or maybe move to a bigger market? It, here's the I think would be very good for Russell Wilson if he went. I don't think he would go there, but if I would love to see him in New Orleans, I think he would be a good fit for New Orleans. I just do. I just think where he is in his career, I think because with Russell Wilson, I, the thing I like about him is I think he's a, he's more mental too, and I think that he's not the big mistake person if you got like a nice line with him. And I think with, with Kamara, they with a good running game and they got a pretty decent defense. Now, I don't know what's going to happen now because they got a new coach or whatever, but you know, I think that that would be a good place for him to end up. Now, I don't know if that's an option, but I, I would like him to see him there. I think he would, he would be good there. I agree. I mean, that's, that's, that's interesting. You say that, uh, you know, I don't know. It's, you know, the whole Sean Payton leaving and all that, but you know, Russell, you know, he's, He's been known to get out of the pocket and run around and scramble yep. all over the place and having to dodge this, that, and do gymnastics on the field. But it, it'd be good to see him in a system where he can really just sit in the pocket, read the field, read the play, and just 
kind of like Drew Brees style, get the ball and get it out of his hands. Exactly. Know? And they, they got the tools to do that. Uh, looks like they, they extended Michael Thomas. And, you know, we'll see what happens with Kamara and this whole club fight situation that went down uh, in Vegas, which uh, I've talked to some guys who play with Kamara, and they said that it was totally out of his character. He's a real laid-back guy. So everyone was really shocked to hear that, uh, that he got into a fight because it's just, you know, it's just really not, not what you would expect from someone like him. Th this might be jumping the gun, but do we think maybe a lady friend was involved in this? Because there's only one or two reasons why guys fight in the club. Well, Bill Belichick used to always say, if you put these three concoctions together, it's a recipe for, for uh, destruction. And that was alcohol, assholes, and pussy. <laughs> if you I mean, put you those one. three things in a room together, something bad is about to happen. Something bad about to happen. And oh. you got all three of those in the club, so I'm just, I'm, I'm just saying, I don't know. Like, if, like there, there might have been some asshole hitting on his woman and there was booze involved. So, like, all three of those are a combination for disaster, and you have all three of those in the club, and then this might be out of his character, but, like, y'all will fight over a, uh, over a woman. Like, in a heartbeat. Oh, yes, so, especially when you're fresh off of football season and you've been hitting yeah. and being physical and, and, and blocking and doing all the things that he does as a player. I mean, he still need, you know, he's, he's out for – he's probably frustrated about not being in the playoffs and not going to Super Bowl. And so, yeah, uh, somebody, somebody had to pay. Yeah, I mean, I guess. Even though they say that this was out of character for him? That's what – I mean, what I've, the guys who I've talked to who played with him, they say he's a real humble, down-to-earth guy, you know, doesn't – you know, he's not a hothead or anything like that. So it's just – it's really, you know, unbecoming to see something like that. I mean, I was shocked when I saw it because, you know, I'm like, man, you know, I mean, Vegas, anything can happen. But, you know, I was like, man, you know, he's just signed a big deal. You know, he's kind of like the face of the organization. So it's almost like hearing Tom Brady getting in a, in a scuffle in a club, you know, like he's that kind of level of – a player, I wouldn't say Tom Brady, but you know what I mean. He's a no, he's I, a a big name in the league right now, and yeah. he has he's had a pretty clean track record. So so yeah, that was uh, I, that was tough to see that. You, you, yeah. you're absolutely, you're absolutely right. I, I I um that that was kind of shocking. Plus, he's, you know, I I I'm 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 graduate of Tennessee too. I'm go Vols and and Camara just where he was. So you know, I I kind of follow all the, the Tennessee guys just because you know that's that's the home. Okay. I didn't know that. Yep. It's Rocky Top, big time Rocky Top. Absolutely. That's right. what. So what else? So who else are you talking about then? Since okay, yeah. So mo moving on, moving forward. I love how you're like moving this on. Um, this is something that this is something that I personally like. I really want to know from both of y'all. So this isn't an ad, even though HBO. You know, if you want to hook a girl up, you want to hook jokes and jocks podcast up i wouldn't be opposed to it a new hbo series is coming to hbo and hbo max called winning time the rise of the lakers dynasty now there's been sports series shows movies etc that i know a lot of people are hype on but for me this one is at the top of my list of sports series that i have to see comes out this sunday um really excited to see it what about you guys well, I'm a Lakers fan. I am a Lakers fan. Uh, but I'm a Lakers fan, I think, now because of California more than anything else. Because I love the Lakers are such the institution in California. You, you can't help not to root for them. But I will tell you right now, there was nothing like Showtime. There was nothing like Magic. And it was nothing like that, period. I understand Kobe and what Shaq did. And that, trust me, that was great. But it was just something about how they got down back then. It was just... 
wow. So I, I so I, I want to see it just because I want to see how they portray it and how you know how it comes across. That's what I want to do. Yeah, I think it's gonna get gritty. I think it's gonna get grimy because like, or I hope it does because it's HBO. Because yeah. I I think they're gonna be like, what was that ESPN series that only lasted one season? And they got really, really bad. Like they showed everything about the NFL, like the drugs, the the sex. Oh, the, 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 uh, did the NFL shut that down? I thought that they had something to do with like, yeah, well, y'all can't do this. Yeah, yeah, that's why it was only one season. But like, but neither here nor there. They, um, I know that like this one in particular, Doctor Bus, he got down just as hard as Magic did. So yes. I'm just wondering if they're going to show that. Well, I mean, that if you watch the trailer. The first thing it says is. The one thing that let me know that, that that there's proof of a god is sex and basketball. <laughs> it's a great line. Like, wow, that's how they starting. That's how they coming. So wow. yeah, I mean, it could get some grit. And you know what? Shout out to my boy Solomon Hughes, one of my really good friends from Cal Berkeley. We we both went to the summer program together. That's that's for freshman athletes that are coming in. He's actually playing Kareem Abdul Jabbar. He, what? He got the lead as, as Kareem. Uh, and they just had the premiere the other night. Uh, but I've been catching up with him, talking to him over the years. And when I found out that he was Kareem, I said, wow. What, I mean, what a guy. What, you know, what a great casting. Because how are you really going to cast a seven-foot man, you know, with some chops, right? I mean, Kareem right. is, a, is a unique kind of player, a, a human being at, at that. And so mm -hmm. when I found out it was Solomon, man, I, I, was, I almost jumped out of my seat. So. I'm excited to see how they uh, how they work with him in this, and you know, this is his acting debut. I don't think he's ever done any acting in his life. So the fact that he got the lead at, at, on such a big series, you know, it's exciting. Yeah, no, I mean, I think this whole entire thing's gonna be exciting. But but shout out to your boy, man! Like that's a huge get. That's a huge get to be able to like make your debut on HBO and like nothing else. So that's that's a huge get. Um, we're going to end it out on um, Tully's rapid fire. He's got okay. some rapid fire questions for you, D. So watch out. Okay. Here we go. It off. All right. You ready? We're going to break it up now. Is this, it, it, ain't, it ain't too crazy, but it ain't, it ain't too simple. Here we go. All right. And you know I do this every now and then. You might have heard some of these. Uh -huh. Would you rather be a bird or a fish? I, I think I'd rather be a bird. Bird. Okay. I say eighty percent of people say bird. Yeah, because you at least you got a, you got a real chance of getting out of there, you know. And and when you in this, well, I guess it is a biggest, but you know, I mean, when people go fishing, you you know, well, I guess either way you might get got. But I'm just saying, if I'm a bird, ain't no too many people trying to eat the kind of bird I'm thinking about in my head. It ain't no many What's people, trying, you know, what I'm saying they ain't trying to eat eagle, you know. That's all no. I'm saying. Ah, okay. okay, okay, okay. No, no wrong answer on that. Follow up question: Would you rather be blind or deaf? I think I would rather be deaf. And the reason I think I would rather be deaf is because I well, you know what? See, when you when you're blind though, you can somebody could be sexy and you know what I mean, and you don't you in your head you sexy no matter what they really look like. So maybe 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 blind may be the way to go with this. Because oh, yeah. my, you can't tell you know, somebody ugly or not either. You know what I mean? Like you can't tell somebody ugly. Yeah, you know what? And if you deaf, but see if you deaf then you can't hear their mouth. You know what I mean? So either one got a good, either one got their pluses and minuses. Yeah, yeah. There's no, you know, there's no wrong or right. Plus, <laughs> but, but I, when you think I about mean, it, there's really no famous, there's no famous deaf people. I try to think about this. 
who's famous that's deaf? I know there's a lot, a lot of famous blind people, but deaf people, the only one I could think of is maybe Beethoven, and he was tone deaf. Right, but right. Blind well, people so you're getting popping. But you're thinking of, of like, musicians, because there are, like, there's deaf actors, there's deaf, like, I mean, there's not a lot of them, but there, there are some that, like, back in, like, the 90s, there was this, like, really, there was this really popular deaf act, actress. I'll look her up. But she like, extremely popular deaf actress. And she was not in everything, but she was in a lot of stuff. Right. Um, well, you could do anything you put your mind to it, no matter what, what the setback Very is. true. So, well, I'm probably, yeah. I would probably go with the blind thing, probably. I would probably go with the blind. Okay, cool. So we had a deaf bird last week. We had a blind bird this week. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> and, 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 and the final one is right. starting today, mm-hmm. in, your, in your world of, 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 of dating, if you mm-hmm. had to choose to be with a thousand women or, or you only get one, what you going with? Well, here's the thing. It, it de- if, depending on who the one is, I'd probably go with the one just because it's, it's not so much. Uh, the real reason why is because when you talk about a thousand, your odds of catching all kinds of stuff becomes highly up there. And I ain't trying to do that. And you might catch the real wrong thing. You know what I'm saying? So. I would probably do the one. Now, the thousand sounds great because, you know, I'm a big fan of Solomon and the 700 Wives and Concubines. I'm a big, big, big fan, big fan, huge fan, huge fan, huge fan of Solomon, huge fan, you know. And this in the Bible, which makes me even more of a fan. So, you know, he was doing the Bible. However, Solomon wasn't living doing, doing the, 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 the stuff we got now. It's some extra stuff we got there right now. Yeah. And then when you put Omicron and COVID and everything on top of it, I'd probably be safe. If I could pick the one, if it's the one that I want to be with, then I would pick the one. I respect it. I love it. Okay. So it, it sounds like if he was in, in the olden times when they didn't have condoms and stuff, and you could have been Solomon, it would have been all right. Nowadays, too much floating in the water. If I was in Solomon times, I'd probably go with Solomon. But now in these times, in the triflingness we got today, I'm, I'm going to stick with the one. Uh, that's for y'all podcast, by the way. Ah, <laughs> <laughs> uh, okay. Well, and to answer that deaf question, Tully, Marley Beth Matlin. She is still alive to this day. Um, she received a Hollywood Hall of Fame star on the Walk of Fame or whatever. And then she also um, has now four kids and is married and living a normal, normal-ass life. Beautiful. Wow! Nice, nice. Yeah, Beautiful. and she's one of the most famous ones. She's like the most famous deaf actress. Wow! Excellent, okay. Marley, Excellent. huh? Cool. Yeah, Marley Mar- Beth Matlin. Marley Beth. Matlin. I'll look her up. I'll look yeah. her up. Marley. All right. Yep. Well, that's, that's oh. our show, everybody. Uh, I want to appreciate my uh, say appreciate you to my boy Duran coming out. You can see him at various comedy clubs, various cruise ships. And if you're ever in Manhattan Beach on a Monday, come on down to Poncho's. If he's in town, he always graces the stage. So thanks for, thanks for being on, brother. I'm going to say, Tully, I love you like a brother. You are the best. You, both of you guys are awesome on this. this. You know what? When I came on, I was like a little nervous. You guys are fantastic. This is really, really hot. Please, well, gee, you, I, make, I, you make it easy, man. You make it I, easy. Much success. Anytime you want me back, I will do it. Thank you all so much. I would definitely I love it. Thank back, you. Brother. All right, yes. well, that's our show, everybody. Uh, well, make sure you tune in on the Believe Network. And it's your boy, TBC, and my co-host, G. Hay. Duran yeah, Howard yeah. came through. Uh, we'll see y'all next week. No. Peace. Should I get him? Should I get him? Should I get him? You should just feel the show with him.
Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.